I mean, I love me some God. I love me some Jesus, but check your facts. So you're straight and you're really attracted to trans women, but you don't know what to call yourself. Open-minded, not not a transphobe. I was just misgendered in my local FedEx. Hey everybody, I'm Brad Palumbo and welcome back to the Damage Control Podcast, where we are reclaiming the LGBT community from the insane leftists who've taken it over. Today, has gender ideology finally gone too far, even for California? Plus, a crazy viral clip from Trevor Noah's show featuring a trans activist is making the rounds, and we're going to break it down. Plus, as always, I will react to some woke LGBT TikToks and do my best to avoid making you lose too many brain cells. If you're new here, consider subscribing. And regardless, please hit that like button, comment, yada yada yada. And now, on to the show. So up first, I was genuinely shocked to see this story emerge, but California Governor Gavin Newsom, who is a hardcore progressive, actually just vetoed some legislation that trans rights activists were pushing. Yes, even California may be turning against gender madness. Take a listen to this clip from local news breaking down the legislation. We've learned that Governor Gavin Newsom has voted to vetoed, I should say, vetoed two major bills, one driverless big rigs and the other could impact the parents of trans children. The bill AB 957 would have required judges to consider a parent's affirmation of their child's gender identity in custody cases when parents split up. The author of the bill said it was meant to protect trans kids in, content in contentious custody battles. And in explaining the veto, the governor said, quote, I urge caution when the executive and legislative branches of state government attempt to dictate in prescriptive terms that single out one characteristic legal standards for the judicial branch to apply. The long and the short of it is basically this legislation, Assembly Bill 957, it would have required family courts when they're adjudicating custody cases to consider whether or not parents are affirming the gender of their child. In practice, this would probably mean that it'd be held against parents parents who did not affirm their child's gender, even in situations where that might make sense, like if they doubt the efficacy of the treatments being provided to gender-confused kids, if their kid hasn't been stable in that identity for a very long time, or if their kid has a history of trying different identities out for size. So apparently, this legislation was so extreme that even Gavin Newsom couldn't get on board. He put out a lengthy statement explaining his decision Let's look at that. He says, To the members of the California State Assembly, I am returning Assembly Bill 957 without my signature. That means he's basically vetoing it. And they could actually override that veto if they had a supermajority vote, but he's not putting his name on it. Newsom says, This legislation would require a court, when determining the best interests of a child in a child custody or visitation proceeding, to consider, among other comprehensive factors, a parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity or gender expression. I appreciate the passion and values that led the author to introduce this bill. I share a deep commitment to advancing the rights of transgender Californians, an effort that has guided my decisions through many decades in public office. That said, I urge caution when the executive and legislative branches of a state government attempt to dictate, in prescriptive terms that single out one characteristic, 
legal standards for the judicial branch to apply. Other-minded elected officials in California and other states could very well use this strategy to diminish the civil rights of vulnerable communities. Moreover, a court under existing law is required to consider a child's health, safety, and welfare when determining the best interests of a child in these proceedings, including the parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity. So there's a lot to unpack here, but I do want to highlight one point that Newsom makes, and man, I really did not think I would ever be finding myself defending Gavin Newsom on this podcast, but here we are. I'm going to give it to you straight, whether it's Team Red or Team Blue. I'll tell you if I think they're right or wrong on any given issue. He's absolutely right to caution against this tactic, because imagine a red state could follow up and do this and say that in our state, it will be held against a parent if they affirm a gender identity uh, of the child during a custody or visitation dispute process. Forcing these complicated ideological and cultural and scientific controversies into family court is not a good idea. But to help you understand the case being made for this legislation a little bit more, I'm going to play a clip from Assemblywoman Lori Wilson, a Democrat, who introduced the legislation. If you're watching on video, it freezes a couple times, but you'll be able to hear just fine the points she's making in defense of this legislation. So this particular bill adds the very important factor that affirming a child's gender identity is in their best interest, which is what your question is about. Why does it get why does it actually say that in a, an affirmative way? And it really is because if you have a seven year old who's who's talking about having a potential to say I being able to articulate that they believe that they are not the same gender um, as they are biologically, then it should be affirmed. And through care, it should be determined. And that's what we did with our own child. And that would give the ability for a parent who wasn't sure to affirm and get their child the care that they need to make that, so they can begin to articulate that determination. But by saying and rejecting it in wholesale, then you're essentially rejecting your child. And that is not in the best interest of a child. We should be affirming our children in every possible way and getting them whatever appropriate care they need, whether it's based on their gender, whether it's based on how their um, studies are in school, it doesn't matter. Our children should be affirmed. And this is saying that you have to include gender affirmation as a part of that. So there is a lot to unpack here. But for one, it's just not true to say that by rejecting your child's gender identity or even just not affirming it, like maybe having questions, being skeptical, you're therefore rejecting your child entirely. That's not true. Lots of parents who love their kids and truly have their kids' best interest in mind might have concerns or questions about these newfangled identities and whatever they say might not want to just instantly affirm it. That doesn't make them bad parents. In fact, I would say some degree of skepticism of these things is actually probably part of being a good parent. But regardless, it shouldn't endanger their custody or visitation rights. And it's insane that this assemblywoman thinks we should always affirm kids. I worked with kids for many years. I actually worked at the YMCA and daycare and lifeguarding and camp counseling. And I had kids of all different ages tell me many things that were not true about things they've done, about things about them. They have wild imaginations. They also believe in the tooth fairy and Santa Claus. The idea that a parent's role is to blindly affirm a child's sense of the world, even though that sense of the world is inherently underdeveloped, is not just wrong, but it's actually the opposite of the truth. 
as a kid gets older, part of a parent's role is to help them sort truth from fiction, which inherently requires not affirming everything they say. It's also just, despite what folks like this say, it is not at all clear what the best way to treat kids who experience gender confusion or gender dysphoria is at this point. Many other countries are walking back the affirmative care model of immediately affirming an identity, of putting a kid on puberty blockers, of giving them cross-sex hormones, of having them never go through their birth sex puberty. A lot of other countries are rolling that back. They're hitting pause. And the evidence that's touted to support it is often studies that have big methodological issues or apply to adults that were studied or apply to kids who had gender dysphoria their whole lives from an extremely young age and then transitioned. And that's now being applied uh, to draw conclusions about people who are suddenly experienced gender confusion at age 12, even though that's a fundamentally different cohort. So the studies really don't apply. There are not good data and studies on the effectiveness of many of these medical transitions. And we don't know, we don't have all the answers that it's just absolutely 100% what's best for a kid. And I do want to be clear that courts already can in California and, and elsewhere consider the well-being and safety of the child. So if you have a case where a parent is truly hateful bigot and their child is saying they identify as trans or something and that parent is abusing the child because of that self sense of self-identity, that's already something that can be used against them in court and should be if they are, you know, verbally or physically or in any way abusing or mistreating their child because of their gender identity or because of anything else that already can and should be without this legislation held against them in family court. So you're just going above and beyond to put your finger on the scale as the government on a certain side of a deeply controversial political, social, and scientific debate and try to micromanage people's parenting decisions by, with the threat of taking their kids away. That's just a really bad idea and it's not necessary because courts already have the tools they need to protect kids. The progressives pushing this kind of thing are only going to engender even more backlash. I mean, think for how long the right and often falsely, honestly, often using tropes or stereotypes that weren't borne out by the evidence, they would say things like, they're coming for your kids. Those gays are coming for your kids. Well, now, in a certain sense, in this specific scenario, progressive trans rights activists literally are coming for your kids. They're saying that if you don't fall in line with their approach to parenting and their position on these complex issues, that you should have custody held against you by the state. That is quite something. That is a radical attack on one of the things that people hold most dear in their life, their kids. The backlash that this kind of overreach will obviously cause is crystal clear. So if you actually want what's best for the transgender community or the LGBT community at large, you should not support this kind of insane overreach because it's only going to lead most of society to further turn against this community and this movement. And if that happens, it won't be the bigots to blame. It will be the woke activists who refuse to stop helping. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want the government or big corporations creeping on my browsing history or my search history. I also want to access content from around the world and not be throttled based on my location. That's why I use Atlas VPN. You can join me and protect your privacy and get many other benefits 
by going and using the link in the description below to sign up for Atlas VPN Premium. Summer deal, available for a limited time, is the ridiculously low price of just $1.83 a month with three months extra thrown in and a 30-day money-back guarantee. This is the best VPN deal on the market. It not only protects your privacy, but also helps stop ads and malware and notifies you when someone's trying to steal your data. It also protects an unlimited number of devices and can help you get the best deals on your subscriptions. If you want to help support me and the work I'm doing here on Damage Control, go to the link in the description below and sign up for Atlas VPN. You'll be glad you did. All right, up next, I want to discuss this clip that's going viral again, uh, but it's actually from July of 2022. It's a clip from Trevor Noah's show where he interviewed a transgender woman athlete named Veronica Ivy. Here's some background on Ivy from Colin Wright's publication, Reality's Last Stand. On July 1st, Canadian male athlete and trans rights activist Veronica Ivey, formerly Rachel McKinnon, sat down with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show to discuss the debate surrounding the inclusion of trans women in female sports. Ivy, a trans woman, became the first male athlete to win the UCI Women's Masters Track World Championship in the 35-44 to 44 age bracket and has been a leading voice arguing for including trans women in female sports. Here's the part of the clip that's going viral. Let's listen to it, and then I'll break it down. This issue, people like to say that it's a complicated issue, and I don't actually think it is. I think it's very simple. It all boils down to, do you actually think that trans women and intersex women are real women and are really female mm -hmm. or not? And if you do, it's very simple. Just stop policing who counts as a real woman, because this has had history of racism built into it over the years. It's not an accident that the intersex athletes who get singled out are women of color from the global south, because who gets singled out for scrutiny is based on white women's conceptions of femininity, and that's being weaponized against trans people too. So it's a fear of protecting the fragile, weak, cis white woman from the rest of us. So, so there are many elements to what you said which I appreciate. So let, let's try to break them down. One thing that confuses me personally is it, it, it seems like we have discussions about who should participate in which category and how. You know, on the face of it, it seems simple, as you say. You know, if somebody identifies as a woman, if they're transgender, they can compete against women who were born biologically, and, and then if not, then not. But then there are many who would argue who are not transphobes. There are many who, who, who born biologically women who will say, but you have an unnatural advantage over me, and that makes the sport unfair. How do, you, how do you respond to that? Yeah, there's lots of ways you can respond to that. So the first is the, the very language of you were born and I'm not biological somehow, like I don't think I'm a cyborg. So like this idea that like, oh, you're not a biological woman. Well, I am a woman, that's a fact. I am female, so all my identity records, my racing license, my medical records all say female, mm -hmm. right? And I'm pretty sure I made a biological stop. So I'm a biological female mm -hmm. as well. So this question of do trans women have an advantage over cis women? We don't know. Um, in fact, there's basically no published research on this question. However, uh, there's good reason to think that there isn't.
There's so much to unpack here, but I have a just as just to start, I have some thoughts about the tone of this interview. On one hand, I want to give Trevor Noah a little bit of credit for even daring to do this. I think many progressive comedians or talk show hosts would be so scared to touch this issue with even a 10-foot pole that they wouldn't even bother. They'd just avoid it like the plague. Because whenever you discuss these issues, even when you express opinions that the majority of Americans agree with, at least in elite liberal circles and in the media, you'll often be, you'll face vicious backlash. But that said, he kind of did do an extremely weak attempt. Like he seemed like he was very scared to even push back and, and he only did so very slightly and he framed it in this way of like, well, critics might say this and he framed the whole thing about how wonderful and amazing all trans rights activists are and it was very obsequious and I didn't, I didn't really respect that approach that he took, but I do want to give him some credit for actually even going there because most of the other shows wouldn't even do this. That said, what Veronica Ivey says in this clip is some of the most insane misinformation, some of the most anti-science ideological drivel that I've heard in some time. And trust me, doing what I do, you hear a lot of crazy shit. Veronica's answers range from non sequiturs to outright falsehoods. So, for example, when Veronica talks about sport being a right, first off, that's very debatable as a philosophical matter, but let's accept that. No one is saying that trans people shouldn't be able to compete in sports. The debate is over what category is appropriate for them, but no one, again, is trying to tell trans people they can't play in any sports. Also, when Veronica brings up intersex people, it's a common tactic that they do, but it's a complete red herring. Intersex people are an extremely rare genetic anomaly and... In almost every case, the trans athletes we're discussing are not intersex. They have XX chromosomes and they are biologically born male. And that's what makes Veronica's whole spiel here kind of insane. Veronica's not just saying that she identifies as a woman, that she wants to be treated as a woman, that she wants to present as a woman. She's actually trying to claim that she is female, but you're not. This isn't an opinion. This isn't a perspective. It's not a debate. Biological sex is, with extremely rare exceptions, binary, and it is immutable. Makeup does not change your DNA. Surgery does not change your DNA. Taking hormones does not change your DNA. All of that can change your appearance, and as far as I'm concerned, that's fine. More power to you. Live however you want. But don't sit here and claim that you are female. You're gaslighting us. And these activists can only get away with these insane anti-science statements because people like Trevor Noah are way too afraid of getting canceled or getting Twitter mobs mad at them to look someone like Veronica Ivy in the eyes and say, you are not female. That is not true. You are male. But it's the truth. And it's insane that people in media are going to actually sit there in these interviews with these kinds of extreme activists and nod along to stuff that's not true. In the same way, the idea that we don't know, we don't have good data on whether trans women athletes still have an advantage compared to biological females is absurd. We absolutely do know from both common sense and extensive data. Everyone knows that trans women who actually did go through puberty as a biological male um, 
do have lifelong advantages in sports. Height, bone density, wingspan, so many things are just different. And they don't go away. Although, of course, some degree of strength and other things does change when you take hormones. Not all of it does go away. This has been extensively studied. And I, again, I'm going to draw from Reality's Last Stand here by Colin Wright. He goes through two comprehensive studies that look at the differences that remain. The review in sports medicine is the most viewed paper in the history of the journal. And it concludes that, quote, current evidence shows the biological advantage, most notably in terms of muscle mass and strength, conferred by male puberty and thus enjoyed by most transgender women, is only minimally reduced when testosterone is suppressed as per current sporting guidelines for trans athletes. Another review in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, whose lead author happens to be a trans woman, concludes that values for strength, LBM, lean body mass, and muscle area in trans women remain above those of cisgender women even after 36 months of hormone therapy, and that, quote, these findings suggest that strength may well be preserved in trans women during the first 36 months of hormone therapy. This is exactly what common sense would tell you to expect, and it's exactly what data and real-life examples show. Obviously, there is an advantage that remains. That's not transphobic, it's just acknowledging reality, which is increasingly something progressive media outlets and hosts like Trevor Noah seem unwilling to do. But they're not actually helping the cause, because when you present people with this kind of extreme and obviously untrue ideological information and messaging, they are going to be repulsed by it. They're going to be pushed away from it. And it's only going to lead to more backlash and questioning for transgender people who actually do just want to live their life in peace and who I do fully support. Especially when, like this Veronica Ivy does elsewhere in this interview, you then claim that people who are disagreeing or have questions are just bigots or even racist. She actually tries to bring in race to it. All of this is not good. It's not rooted in truth, and it's doing far more harm than good. We can respect the rights of adults to live however they please in a free society without infringing on basic fairness in sports for women or denying scientific reality. All right, guys, now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, where I react to unhinged TikToks from the alphabet people. Up first, trans activism takes on the Bible? But did you know that Eve, the very first woman, as per the Bible, was made of Adam's rib bone? And because of this, Eve, if we're going to take it as literally as um, y'all like to, um, Eve would have had male DNA. So quite literally, if you were to have taken her DNA and looked at her chromosomes, which is another point randomly you guys like to make. It's like you believe in Adam and Eve, yet at the same time you like to quote science when you're attacking us. But anyways, if you were to look at the um, chromosomes of Eve, she would have Adam's chromosomes. So w which is it? Are you going to call Eve a man now? Literally the very first woman? Are, are you actually going to call her a man? 
because I thought it didn't matter how many surgeries we had or how early we started hormones, etc. I thought it never mattered because you can't change your chromosomes. I mean, I love me some God. I love me some Jesus, but check your facts. Oh my gosh. Babe, put down the crack pipe. When she said, check your facts, that sent me. To be honest, that sent me. My friend, you are the one that needs to check your facts. I'm not much of a biblical scholar, but I do know enough to know that Adam and Eve in the Bible had children. So even following this absurd hypothetical and example and weird, I don't know, intellectual game this person is playing, it is impossible that Eve was a trans woman because trans women cannot create eggs or or give life to another human being. That is a thing reserved to biological females. So this whole narrative is just dumb and obviously wrong. Also, a god powerful enough to transform a rib into a woman is also powerful enough to change the DNA or the chromosomes or whatever. I really hate this whole thing because it feels like activists like this are just trying to troll and insult Christians. You're trying to infringe on their beliefs and rewrite their religion. Rather than ask to be left alone and ask them to respect your freedom and your rights, you're actively thumbing your nose at them and basically trying to rub dirt in their wounds and make it worse. And guess what? That is going to cause a backlash. That is going to cause them to view you as the enemy. Whereas if you just were trying to go about your life in peace and let them believe what they believe and you believe what you believe, but be free to do you, some of them would still, you know, be hateful. I, some of them would, but many more would be fine with that and would just privately disagree with you. But that's not okay with people like this. They have to come troll, harass, and denigrate those folks in the name of tolerance and inclusion. But all they're actually doing is undermining tolerance and inclusion for their own community. All right, this next one is a TikTok from Rose Montoya, who I believe is actually the transgender activist who flashed their bare chest at the White House and was then banned by President Biden from the grounds. Well, Rose is now here to tell us that if you are attracted to Rose, you are straight. And if you aren't attracted to Rose, you are an asshole. <laughs> So you're straight and you're really attracted to trans women, but you don't know what to call yourself. Open-minded, not an asshole, not a transphobe, a decent human being, a heterosexual. Trans women are women. So to say otherwise, or to try to come up with a new label for your sexuality for being attracted to us would be othering and assuming that we are not real women when we are. So this is more gaslighting. And also it gets into the territory where I start to feel personally attacked as a gay man. Newsflash, Cupcake. Sexual attraction is about biological sex, not gender identity. Gay people exist because we are attracted to people of the same sex. It's not a choice. And our sexual attraction to other men, for example, or other males doesn't make us sexist against women. In the same way, it doesn't make a straight man a bad person or an asshole to not be attracted to someone with male genitalia. Trans women identify as women, they present as women, but ultimately they are biologically male. Many still have male body parts. So to be attracted to that is not just straight, and people can't 
control what they're attracted to. So it's really dumb and really harmful and actually counterproductive because it undercuts the message that got us gay people acceptance, which is you can't, you're born this way. You can't control it. You can't change it. Well, you're actually undercutting that message when you say that the people are bad people because of who they are or aren't attracted to when that's literally not the choice. It's not a choice. So are you saying it is a choice? Cause then you're undercutting gays. But if you agree, it's not a choice then you're attacking these people for something they can't control and saying it makes them a bad person, which is totally illogical. And more fundamentally, why are people like this, and this person is not the only one, why are they trying to police people's attraction in the first place? The trans people I know, they don't have any problem getting dates. There are plenty of people who are interested in them, and that's wonderful. They don't feel the need to like shame others into finding them sexy. That's strange behavior. I'll leave it at that. That's strange behavior. I will say, though, some people like conservatives or red pill types will always say, like, it's gay to date a trans woman or to be attracted to a trans woman. And that also doesn't make a lot of sense in that it's kind of complicated. I think it's somewhere on the bisexual spectrum, somewhere in between. And you know what? That's wonderful. Do whatever you want. All consenting adults involved. I don't care. I think go knock yourself out. But it's not exactly gay in the sense that most gay men, myself included, aren't going to be attracted to a trans woman because they present so feminine or they've even had, in many cases, surgeries to have, uh, you know, body parts that represent a, a female body. That's not what we're attracted to as gay men. So to conflate that with gayness, I mean, it might be literally technically true in that they are males who are attracted to another male, but it's not really what people mean when they talk about being gay either. It's bi, it's somewhere in between, it's whatever. And that's fine. This is such a robust internet discourse, like about gay, it's transphobic to not be attracted to trans women or on the opposite side, people saying it's gay to like a trans woman. Like, who cares? Just uh, why are we so worried about this? And I know I'm being a hypocrite because I'm covering it and talking about it, but people are talking about it. So I'm just joining in. And I just feel like we all need to just not police other people's attractions to adults. Like, just let them, let them be and find more important things in our society to have a f fight a culture war over. All right, up next, this woke lesbian is triggered because she got misgendered in a FedEx. But there's a twist. I was just misgendered in my local FedEx. Yep. The woman behind the counter asked her coworker, did you help that guy yet? And after further observation, she goes, or lady. See, immediately, my thoughts were, cancel this woman. Ruin her entire life. Because she called me what I look like. Just kidding. That's what y'all would do. I, on the other hand, am aware that I look like a guy. Look at me. Am I a guy? Nope, just a dyke. But... This is your message. If you look like a guy, they're going to call you a guy. If you look like a chick, they're going to call you a chick, regardless of what you identify as, okay? And stop taking it so personally. In fact, you'd be a little happier if you could laugh sometimes. Laugh at it. Ha ha. It's funny. It's funny, okay? It's funny. Just saying. Yeah, so the first time I saw this, I thought it was going in a very different direction, but it turns out this person is a right-leaning lesbian, and she pushes back on a lot of the same extreme stuff that I push back on. And at least as far as this one video is concerned, I say, bravo. We need more people in the LGBT community who can take a joke, 
who don't make mountains out of molehills all the time, who don't film themselves sobbing and post it on TikTok because somebody called them ladies at a gay bar, and who have a sense of perspective and don't actually think it's the end of the world when somebody makes a verbal tick that they don't quite love. Because if you really have a sure sense of self, you don't need the constant validation of the rest of the world, which is unfortunately where I think a lot of these woke activist types they fall short. They really do need the constant verbal affirmation from everyone around them because they actually lack that internal self-confidence. And I feel bad for them on one hand, but on the other hand, they need to stop projecting because they're doing a lot more damage than, than they are good. We need more just normal LGBT folks who can take a joke, who aren't far-left social justice warriors. We need them to be the ones going viral more often, right? Folks like this, folks like myself, because the folks out there now, the alphabet TikTokers who keep blowing up, they are not giving our community a good name. They're giving us a terrible look, and they're engendering more and more backlash with every viral video that gets posted to libs of TikTok. So maybe just stop being crazy and stop handing the people who don't like us so much ammunition. All right, guys, that's it for the insane TikToks. I can't handle much more without my brain combusting. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. And I'll see you all in the next episode.